Dr. Bain, as you know, is here. Ready to talk. What are we talking about today, big guy? I don't know. You're paying for it. (laughs) Come on. You you should know enough stuff by now. What do you want to talk about? Well, with me, it always centers around the lower back. You know me. Low back? I I think we should go with knees and shoulders today. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. We did low back for the last few weeks. And then uh, next week, we will have Dr. Amendolia, who's the spinal stenosis expert. So... If you know somebody who has spinal stenosis or you have spinal stenosis, you absolutely need to listen uh, in next week because, uh, I mean, we, we could have done, we could do a show for like 100%. eight hours yep. with him and and you wouldn't run out of information. So incredibly important stuff, especially for people dealing with that because, I mean, as you know, stenosis is not something that's going away. I had a patient this week um, with uh well, I have many patients every week with stenosis, but specifically a person who didn't even know what it was. And, you know, once I sat there and explained everything to him, he was like, so there's no cure for this? It's like, no, this is this is what it is. Like, this is what you have. This is what you're going to have to deal with. There's management. And there's no management. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely management. But, you know, again, there's this misconception when it comes to pain management that that there's cures, right? Like that if you've hurt your knee or you've hurt your low back or or whatever, that there must be a cure and then, you know, you're never going to feel this again. That's not that's not what, what the reality is. The reality is the exact opposite. Once you sustain something once, you are more likely to sustain that exact same injury. And every time that happens, it only gets worse. The frequency becomes more. The duration of the pain becomes more. So it's not good news. I'm not saying anything good here. So get these things dealt with. Uh, you know, early on, don't don't wait for them to become chronic issues that, um, you know, have happened several times. You've never had it looked at. Like, how many people have we had called the show that give us, they have this history. It's like, well, what have you done for it? Nothing. Nothing. It's like, a little well, bit of, did a couple weeks of physio. They, if, get even, if even that, yeah. I would say that that's something. How many people are self-diagnosing, right? Yeah. They're they're saying, well, I know what it is, and, and so I've done, I've gone and done, you know, my own little therapy or whatever. It's like, yeah. that's not the way it works. Step yeah. one. If you have a question and your question is what should you do and you haven't seen anybody, step one is you need to see a professional and and get it figured out. And someone who knows what they're doing, right, because not everybody knows what they're doing. I actually had an email, no, sorry, a voicemail this morning um, where the person asked me if I would understand more than the general family doctor about these musculoskeletal pain injuries. And I, I would like to say that the answer is yes. Now, I don't know every single family doctor. Someone might be... Uh, incredibly well versed, but this is this is my bread and butter. This is what I deal with. I deal with pain management, musculoskeletal issues. So I think I understand them um, to a very high degree. I also work very closely uh, with a sports medicine physician uh, who's also an orthopedic surgeon, and we work on a lot of comp- complex cases together. Um, you know, because a lot of these things are are very complex and trying to figure out the root cause and what the best treatment is. So, and and that's just one person that I essentially work side by side with. But my team is is very very big, all different types of healthcare professionals, and we will do uh, what are called rounds around pa- difficult patients. Like, how do you collaborate in terms of having more than one opinion from more than one profession? Because that's uh, very very important. Well, you know, it's it's the knowledge that. That week in, week out, you put out there. I mean, you 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 mentioned it right there in that voicemail. This person you talked to had never heard of stenosis, and I know we had a, a pre-chat coming up on the show next week with Dr. Amadeli uh, that um, the aging population in Japan. I remember him mentioning. I know he'll talk about it on the show. Where sixty percent of the population, because they're living so long, stenosis is running rampant over there, and people just they've got to get their they got to get their learn on about it, right? 
Well, yeah, because so stenosis is one of those things that it's 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 degenerative, right? right? And so stenosis is that narrowing of the canal where the nerves come out, and you can either have congenital issues. So sometimes people are just born with a vertebrae that's smaller, has shorter pedicles, and that will create a smaller space, and that's what we would call congenital. It, it, it's it's from birth. It is what it is. But most of the time, the stenosis is degenerative in nature, so that you know, as the bone starts to wear out and it starts to get bigger and uglier and it starts to impinge on that hole, then that's what becomes spinal stenosis. So naturally, I tell everybody when they come in and say that they have arthritis or degeneration, and when we're talking about the regular type of arthritis, which is wear and tear, of course, you're going to um, you're gonna have more when you're older than when you're younger. Like you yep. will likely have a little bit more than me. Someone who's older than you will likely have a little bit more than you. What we're really looking for a lot of the times is does someone at a certain age have more than what we would expect in that age range? Uh, but yeah, absolutely. As the population of a country gets older, more and more people are absolutely going to experience uh, um, stenosis, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, next week's going to be an incredibly informative week for a lot of people um, to listen to that and, and what are the right things that can be done. But this weekend is uh, just underway. David, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in already. How are you? Oh, not too bad. What's going on? I uh, just wanted to ask a question. Uh, I have uh, several deteriorated discs in my neck, and I was talking to a pain management uh, specialist about something he called radio frequency ablation. Yep. Could, uh, I just needed some clarification on that before I commit myself uh, to that kind of procedure. Is it a, just a uh, removal of the nerves or? Well, ablation is when you, it's a process that's used medically, and it can be used for a lot of different things, but it's essentially when you use heat to get rid of a tissue. So they can sometimes do it with tumors, for example. They can do it with discs. So it's essentially using heat to ablate the whatever they want to get out. Yeah, he was talking about the, the pain management, just uh, zapping the nerves. It, it, like, Is that something that will grow back or... Well, nerve tissue doesn't know. So, I mean, one of the big one of the big things about nerve tissue, why nerve issues are so hard for us to deal with, is that um, most of your cells in your body regenerate, right? So, if you get a cut, um, that's a, a rupture in the skin cells. But all, all of a sudden, you know, a few weeks later, your skin is back intact, right? Um, right. Nerve tissue doesn't regenerate well, which is the problem with people with that are paralyzed. Um, that we we don't have a good answer to regenerating the nerves now. So, no, it likely will not regenerate. Now, nothing is impossible, but, you know, it really comes down to usually when they're trying to do that, um, it's to essentially destroy the whole pathway of that nerve. Now, remember, pain is not the only thing that travels in a nerve. So is sensation. Uh, so is all the other uh, sensory information that we require. So um, it really depends. You know, I don't know enough about what's going on with you to understand if, if it's the right thing for you to be doing. Well, it's it's been a problem of pain management for almost a decade now mm -hmm. uh, I work with the armed forces and so a lot of heavy loads a lot of uh, long days type of thing now here I am right. but uh, it, do you consider this a risky procedure again that that's a that's a tough thing for me to say uh, just you know cold turkey on the air saying is it risky it, it depends like what other things have you done over the last decade for your neck pain uh, Mostly just uh, massage therapy, acupuncture, uh, pain pills. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of those. So uh, John, John will know what. I, what's he missing right off the bat? 
Like what? What has he not done? He's like he, physical intervention. Yeah, like he, he. You have you done rehabilitation of your yeah. neck? Like true proper exercises, you know, guided yeah. exercises yeah. that you do over time. There, there's a sports medicine place at Shepherd and Young I go to or did go to. Um, I did about thirty sessions. Yeah. With the uh, neck exercises. Yeah, but and so so the, and yeah, and that's so just saying that you did an, uh, so proper rehabilitation means that there are exercises that you're doing every single day. So just think about what you said, thirty sessions. So that's the equivalent of a month if you did it every day and you've been dealing with neck pain for ten years. The yeah. Exercise when you're doing when you need to do the proper exercise, it's something that you don't ever stop doing. That's how you manage the issues. Now. I'm a big believer that things should be managed least invasively first as long. Now, there are people who do all of the appropriate exercise, all of the appropriate rehabilitation and don't get better. That's when I would consider moving towards more invasive procedures. Now, if you're sitting there telling me that you haven't done some of the very, very key things, like, I mean, the research on spine related pain, chronic spine related pain is pretty good in terms of determining that the best option that we have is the right exercises that the person does for the rest of their lives and they have to be the right exercise so you're missing one very very important thing if you know arguably the most important thing and you're already jumping to maybe you know getting nerves burnt i don't know like again i don't know enough about your case to comment whether you should or should not but just based on the sounds of it i i think it's always worthwhile to try the most least invasive procedures first and 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 try to get the maximal benefit out of those yeah, I, I do uh, do yoga, but uh, yeah, no, that's not that's not the proper rehabilitation, though. No. Yeah, true enough. It's good. I mean, that's part of it, but but it totally different what you should be doing. Dave, appreciate the call. Follow up one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U or info at paincarecanada.com. Use one or both of those and get in touch. Lyle, lots more. The Doctor Pain Show is on the way. Just getting. Uh, just getting rolling. You want to call? We'd love to talk to you as well. If you have some issues, want to discuss, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio 640, Toronto. Open lines, plenty of room for you at uh, 1118-416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We like to talk about uh, what ails you. Marcy, good morning. Hi. Uh, so around three, four years ago, I started uh, experiencing really uh, low, a lot of low back pain. I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis. Yep. Started uh, working with a physiotherapist, a chiropractor, doing regular, really core strengthening. I realized that I was a runner, mm-hmm. um, and I realized that I wasn't doing a lot for core other than planking. Yep. Then I started getting nerve pain down my right leg. I've been having on and off again sciatica on my right side. Um, my first uh, MRI showed nothing. Second MRI two years ago showed uh, bulging discs and, and, and some small stenosis. Mm-hmm. Now I have sciatica on both sides, still have low back pain, and my most recent MRI last month um, shows severe spinal stenosis bilateral and severe bilateral facet joint degeneration. So, so I, when, so, sorry, um, when was the last MRI b- before that one? Uh, was November 2017, and then I had one October 2018. And, and year over year, there was a big degeneration. Yeah, that, and, and okay, so that needs to be investigated. Do you have any type of autoimmune diseases? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not, like, like, otherwise, I'm a completely healthy person, but my back just keeps on getting worse and worse. And yeah, worse. And, and how old are you? I'm 55. Yeah, I mean... that. I, 
that's a big jump, right? Like if I if I saw an MRI from you know ten years later and it, and it was progressed that way, that sort of makes sense. But in a year's time, for it to go from very little to severe arthritis, there are, are you osteoporotic at all? Mm, I don't think so. No, not really. So so three years ago showed really nothing. Two years ago showed moderate. A year ago, like this time, showed moderate, and now it's saying severe. Severe. Yeah. Well, that's a quick progression in three years. Okay. Um, so I've been referred to uh, orthopedic surgeon at Sunnybrook. Yeah. Um, the, like I've been doing spinal uh, decompression right now with the with the chiropractor. It really has helped with the pain. Um, it hasn't made it go away completely, but I could now stand and walk for longer than five minutes at a time before my leg goes entirely numb. But it's also extremely expensive. Yeah, uh, so I've, I've run through all my insurance off you. Yeah, so so again, next week, Doctor Amendolia will be here. He actually has a spinal boot camp down at uh, uh, Mount Sinai, where his clinic is. And I mean, the the therapy for spinal stenosis is very much related to the things you should be doing, um, and decompression is not on the list of those things. And so um, it needs to be, and, and it's too much for us to go into on into on the air here in terms of what exactly should be done, but there are better options. Um, and, and his work is, is, is scientifically tested, right? So, um, and people do get benefits. And again, the unfortunate reality is this about spinal stenosis. Um, now you're, you're being referred to an orthopedic surgeon. Is the spinal stenosis specifically only at one level? Like, is it just like L3, L4? Like, do you remember what they said or is it throughout your whole spine? No, not my whole spine. It's L5S1. On one side or both sides? Bilateral. Okay. Well, that's that's better from a surgical perspective, right? Because they know exactly where they can go in and, and do it. A lot of times you'll see people that have severe spinal stenosis throughout, and that's quite difficult because where do you start and where do you stop? But um, that's likely why you're being referred there. Now, spine surgery is no joke, and it's and, you know, just as a stat, 98% of people that are referred to a spine surgeon don't need surgery. So don't be surprised if the surgeon doesn't want to operate. So um, that's something to, to keep in mind. But I think an exercise-based spinal stenosis program is a much better option for you. And I think you should give me a call um, and come in for an assessment and we can go through that. Okay, appreciate it. Thank no you. No problem. Bye-bye. Thank you, Marcy. Appreciate uh, your call. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com. And for the remainder of this show here uh, on the air, you'll want to chat, uh, ask a question just like Marcy did do so. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And I'll, I'll be here for the rest of the hour. I didn't win the You just the checked lotto. your automatic, yeah. eh? I didn't win, so we're staying. I heard some dee 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 One free play. Ooh, my cup runneth over. Yeah, I got it. I got a chance next week. <laughs> got a chance. <laughs> Y'all know um, when I win when I'm not back. <laughs> Calvin. Yes. The money guy. Yeah. Text me. Yes. And uh, I assume he's serious here, so I'm going to ask you this. Hey, <laughs> uh, I'm listening to Dr. Payne. I was going to wait for him. Can you ask him if... If both your wrists are sore and knees are painful uh-huh. when I get up, what do I do? <laughs> uh, so loaded. Um, <laughs> so, I mean. Both wrists, both knees. When he wakes up in the morning? Yeah, when he gets up. What do I do? Thanks, Kelvin. Yeah, so, I mean, number one, I, 
again, when you're dealing with something like that, so I'd, I'd want to know some things like, you know, does he have swelling as well or is it just simply pain? Um, you know, the nature of his work, the, he's a money guy, so he's all, uh, probably at a desk a lot. Um, the risk could just simply be a mechanical thing. I don't know his the, the other history about his activity. Like, Here's he, an idea, Calvin. You do a radio yeah. show. You know how this yeah, works. Try to 416-870-6400. Call in. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know a little bit more for sure. I mean, one of the things when you hear multiple joint involvement right. and bilaterally on both sides, you cannot exclude without you know, at least some questioning and stuff. Could there be something here that's, uh, you know, systemic in the blood, like an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. or something like that? Now, I don't know him. I've listened to him before. Um, You know him better than me. Does he otherwise look healthy? Like, yeah. He's yeah. yeah. Average looking dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's one thing to consider. Or or it's just simply mechanical. Could mm-hmm. be related to the, to the way he's sleeping. Knees, that one's a little trickier. Like, the wrist definitely can be affected with sleep postures and things like that. Um, the knee might be related to activities or shoes or things that he's wearing. So there's a lot, but I think you're right. He needs to call in in order for me to have a, a better idea. Knees are a wacky joint. They're a wacky joint. They're yeah. above and below a stable joint, right? So they're kind of flying in the in, in the wind, right? They're a stable joint above and below two more unstable joints. Really? Yeah. So that yeah, the hip has more degree of freedom than the knee does. The knee the knee is very similar to the elbow, right? It's a it's a simple hinge joint, one unidirectional, like it's either going to flex or it's going to extend, and that's really the extent of it. Um, and so it's a more it's a simpler joint. Okay. Uh, but a lot of things happen to it because of it being in between the two other joints that I mentioned, which is the ankle and the hip. That degree of mobility on either end of it means that that knee being unidirectional is going to take a lot of abuse um, because you've got two mobile joints above and below. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen in the knee. I mean, you can, the biggest things to consider with knee pain is number one, is it some type of ligament or meniscus issue? Okay. Um, And then if it's not that, is it uh, something like the osteoarthritis, which in the knee can become very significant? Uh, And the other thing is, is it just simply a functional issue? There's a lot of muscles in that area, right? And and a lot of it has to simply do to to a functional issue. So things like patellofemoral pain, which is just a tracking issue of the of the kneecap that creates pain. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong in the knee. Um, again, you know, we haven't talked about this in a while. Our our initiative with the knee clinic is very very important. It's essentially designed that if you need surgery, mm-hmm. waiting. Okay, is not going to help you. So I'll give you an example. I had a patient, and we're even doing this for some other um, areas of the body. So anything that you have an injury in that you think might be a surgical thing when we're dealing with the upper extremity or the lower extremity, you need to call me. We had a a patient that called, um, was moving something, heard a pop in his bicep. So right off the bat, we got him in. Um, we looked at it. We could already see it was torn. It was torn. Yeah. Uh, sent him for an MRI. Had the MRI the next day. Had surgery a few days later. That's all within a week. And the reason why that's done is because the longer you leave that, the more problems you create. And and if you and if you go the more traditional route of you know walking clinic or family doctor mm-hmm. referral, these things can be long drawn out. And if that's the case, all you're doing is hindering your prognosis. So if you have something that's potentially that serious. You need to call me right away because the sooner you get that looked at, the better your outcome is. When you say pop, and oh, it makes me cringe. A popping noise in your bicep. Did it's it loud. curl right up? Or was it detached yeah. or not? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, so people that have snapped their Achilles tendons, uh, which is at the back of your ankle, yeah. when that snaps, it sounds like a shotgun. That's how loud it is. Oh, stop it. <laughs> That's how loud it is, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Stupid question before we go. Is there a lot of pain involved, or it's it, the, 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 the noise is worse than the pain? Um, It's a good question. A lot of times when you tear something completely, you also sever the nerve in terms of pain. So sometimes, no, but sometimes, I mean... Don't, you should try it. That's the only thing. No, I'm good. I'm all right. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Give us a call. Let's chat right till uh, till 12. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.32, Dr. Payne Show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You know, we just, moments before we went back on air, we were talking about biceps. And every guy in the world has done it at least once. Got the button. No, not that. I'm talking about bicep curls in the gym. <laughs> that was the perfect time for that noise too, eh? <laughs> and you said... What do you guys call that in radio when the timing's perfect? You, what's good that? timing. I don't know. What do you call it? No, yeah, when you like set something up with the song. Uh, you're all, hitting the post. Yeah, hitting, the the, hitting, post. hitting the post. Hitting about, the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. see? You don't even know. It's a radio guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bicep curls, doing them straight or... Supinating the wrist. That's the actual... Well, supination is the whole motion, right? So if you're holding your palm upwards, that's supination. So that whole process is supination, right? So it's not just any static point, but obviously you are in full supination when you've done this, right? Because you could do the hammer curls too, where you're essentially... Up and down. Yeah. Right? But that's more of a forearm thing. Yeah, you're going to get more of the brachioradialis, right? But versus... Uh, doing it in full supination, that's where you really start to activate the So bicep. like an easy curl bar on a preacher would be that type of movement, Yeah, right? the, well, the easy curl also keeps you more slightly, um, not full supination. Oh. Like the straight bar, like a straight barbell is yep. going to give you full supination or even like a dumbbell on a preacher curl yes. bench is okay. going to be a really, really good exercise. So what's better, for, what's better to target the bicep? An easy curl or, or flat barbell? Uh, for rehab or otherwise. Yeah, rehab is different, I guess, for just in general. You know, it also depends on the person's morphology. Like, not some people, you have to also look at the way their shoulder is because the bicep attaches up into the coracoid process of the shoulder. So it very much depends on the person's body type. But the more supinated, the more of the activation of the bicep you'll get. So true, because some guys like myself, no luck with doing bias. It just no, it's grow, it, yeah, right? some yeah, it's and you might just be doing it wrong for your body yeah, type. Probably, that's I would probably just stop it. More like <laughs> just, just go home <laughs> and go to have a wee lie down. <laughs> Diane, good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. What's going on with you? I have uh, what I believe might be a tear, not in the shoulder, not in the joint, but uh, I'm fully mobile. But I, when I go to put a jacket on or put my seatbelt in the car, and the pain is excruciating. Okay. So what makes you think it's a tear? Uh, the fact that there's no pain in the joint? Yeah, that's that's not... No, that wouldn't be... So what happened? So how long has this been going on? It's been going on about eight months. Okay. And uh, I don't actually know how I do it. I, I, I'm, I have a pretty physical job. Yeah. But uh, but I don't I don't know anything that I would have done to have to have done this. Have you had it checked out at all by anybody? No, I'm, I'm pretty sick. Yeah. So that's step one, right? We started the show by talking about that, that you got to, yeah, for you to assume that it could or could not be something, um, it's, you're likely going to be wrong in all honesty. So I think the best thing is to get that checked out, whether it's by me or someone else that, you know, knows what they're doing, but you need to get it looked at. And oftentimes it's not tears. Um, 
which is good. And a lot of shoulders have tears in the tendons already anyways, because it's kind of a degenerative process. Um, but yeah, you got to get it figured out if it's been going on, you know, now you're at eight months, right? So definitely the research would say that after six months, you start to have the chronic effect and the chronic effect is not just simply a physical problem. It also is a, what we would call a neuropathic problem where you're essentially learning a pathway of pain. Um, and that becomes more difficult to treat. So the sooner you get it taken care of, the better at this point. Great. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate that, Diane. Oh, look, he decided to call in. It is Kelvin, our money guy. <laughs> and I listen to him all the time. Of course, yeah. I've to. never actually met him. No. Well, there you go. Kelvin, what's going on, buddy? Oh, I meant to wait to ask Dr. Payne uh, my question. Okay. Um, but I have to leave. But anyhow, so the, the, my palm of my hands, eh, are kill me. Um, it's like almost like arthritis, almost, it feels like. Okay. And then the bottom of my feet kills. How old are you? Uh, 56. Okay. Are you so otherwise healthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get up in the morning, it kills. I feel like I'm like a hundred years old. How long does it take before you feel less than a hundred years old in the morning? About five minutes, not even. Okay, so that's that. Yeah, so one big distinguishing question when we're thinking of mechanical versus autoimmune issues is when people talk about problems in the morning. So mm-hmm. th- things that are systemic in the body can take a very long time to clear up two, three, four hours in the morning. Our, we usually say more than 30 minutes. Mm. But as soon as someone says, yeah, after five minutes, I'm moving around, it's better. That usually indicates a mechanical type of issue. So uh-huh. it could simply be related to just the things that you're doing, um, which what mechanical means. Now, that doesn't mean that there's nothing. there are things that you can likely do to make it better, but... Um, yeah, it sounds right off the bat when you say something like that mechanical, if you're otherwise healthy, um, you know, not a lot of autoimmune things. Well, I shouldn't say some things can set in at your age, not as common in men. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, do you, are you an active guy? Like in terms of the risks can make sense a lot from the sleep positions, uh, cause at night you'll do a lot of weird things, a lot of weird movements with the wrist, but Knees, are you are you active otherwise? Like, what, what's going on with that? Yeah, Any previous as, injuries? Not as much anymore, but um, I will go see Dennis next week at the gym. Okay. Um, um, but I, I will come in and see you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We can take a look at it. Again, it doesn't sound overly concerning, but, you know, again, once you leave something for too long, um, mm-hmm. that's the problem. And, I mean, if you're not as active as you used to be, that's right. also a, a reason why pain starts to set in as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, no Calvin. Appreciate that, buddy. The money guy chiming in. The money See, guy. Even the money guys have problems. Yeah. They got all the money, but they have money, problems. Low money, no problems. <laughs> it could be wrist problems with the problems. 416 too much. That's right. 416 6400 star 640 on Cell C there, Mike and Chris. We will get to you as well. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.42, still got some time to ask your questions. Would love to have you uh, on the show. Mike, in that regard, how are you, pal? Fine, how are you guys doing? Good, what's going on with you today? Okay, uh, about 2012, it started. Um, right now, I think I have like a rotator cuff, like kind of like what that uh, previous lady was saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I've been going to rehab for now for two, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I need to get an operation to fix it. There's no tear, there's no anything, but they think it could be calcifying. Well, have you had an MRI or an ultrasound? Yes. That's what we found out. Yeah, and did it say that there was calcification in the tendon? Yes. Okay, then there is calcification in the tendon. So, so yeah, calcification is a problem because it prevents the mobility that the tendon once had. Um, something that's very good for 
calcific tendonitis of the shoulder is shockwave therapy. Um, yeah, that would be the next thing. Is, uh, yeah, you, and you should give me a call because we work uh, closely with Rob Gordon, who's the medical director of Shockwave. Um, he's directly in, in our office, so um, we do Shockwave right. So, yeah, give me a call, and we can help uh, set you up with somebody, but that might be a good option for you, a good next option if there is calcification yeah. in that tendon. Yeah, I think that could be the last besides an operation. I don't know. Well, that. an operation <laughs> wouldn't work well for the cal calcification no? anyway, okay. so, you, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, that's good. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. No problem. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. You can call in as well. You have some time. We have some time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell phone. Chris, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Good, brother. What's going on? Low back pain, right? Oh, low. Uh, this has been going on maybe, well, not as sharp as it's uh, it's been recently, but uh last couple of years, uh, I got a physical job and um, just sitting in my car as I speak, I got like burning sensation on the bottom parts of my lower back yeah. on both sides. Okay. Uh, some days it's worse. Like I'll work and I'll come home and I'll be fine. And about an hour or two, it's just sharp. I can't move. It takes a bit to get up, but uh, once I'm up, I'm okay. But then somehow it just comes right back. So, all right. Uh, I've had MRI. I've had an ultrasound. They said I had a bulging disc. Okay. Uh, one side, and it just seems to be just burning at times where I just, it's, I don't know, it's hard to even. Uh, so, wh what have you done for treatment? Um, I actually haven't done nothing because uh, oh, I don't okay. have work benefits. So, yeah. I've tried Voltarian A535. Yeah. So, um, you're doing all the wrong things if, you have, if you've done nothing, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, so, you need to do something because to just leave it, it absolutely will not get better on its own and okay. will likely get worse over time. So, you need to do something. Now, you know, I think you should come see me because even if you don't have work benefits and things like that, yeah. that doesn't mean you can't be given an exercise program that you can do on your own at the very least. Something okay. is better than nothing or yeah. even some small amount of treatment trying to make it affordable. Like any anything that's being done right shouldn't be incredibly expensive anyways because a lot of it is the stuff mm -hmm. that you would have to do. Um, so, yeah, you, you need to do something. If you, if you have that type of problem and you're not doing anything – then that that's the problem. Okay, well, they I was referred some inflammation uh, pills, which I kind of don't really like to take. No, and they're likely not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, and I've done stretches. I've done the elastic stretches, and then it just like it's fine, yeah, no. and all of a sudden it just comes back. It seems like as soon as I start working and lifting stuff, it just sharp, sharp, sharp. Yeah. It almost feels like a pinched nerve. I've never had one, but somebody's told maybe. Me How that old are you? I'm forty three, and I'm healthy. Mm, yeah, could be. But yeah, I mean, no matter what it is, you got to do something about it. So yeah. um, we can obviously step one is figure out what exactly it's is causing it, and step two is well, let's do something about it. But you got to start, you got to do it in that order. So yeah, give me a call and come see me. Okay, I appreciate that, okay. guys. And no go Leafs go. Thank Thanks, you. Chris. Appreciate that. It's uh, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U or info at paincarecanada.com. Derek, you're next up. How? Hey, pal. Hey, how are you guys today? Good. What's going on with you today? Okay, so uh, it's a knee uh, issue. Mm. Um, I've had ultrasounds. Um, my doctor says there's nothing wrong with the hemiscus, I believe, that's under the knee. Um, what I do find is I've been taking chondroitin, uh, um, glucosamine chondroitin, yeah. and my knee seems to be pretty good and usable. Um during the dampness, is, uh, it gets to it during the dampness, but as soon as I go off the chondroitin, 
um, my knee gets uh, really pain. Okay. And I'm just trying to see if uh, you can kind of link that with maybe an issue with what the chondroitin's doing, helping out somewhere or... Well, the glucosamine is good for the... I mean, the reality is glucosamine is not good for, like, treatment of the knee. It's good for prevention of, of osteoarthritis or slowing it down over time. Um, so a lot of it could just be a placebo effect, too, in all honesty, if you're relating it with when you don't take it, there's pain, and when you do, there's no pain. I think it sounds like you don't have a good answer to what your knee pain is due to. Ultrasounds for, you know, like you said that the doctor said it's not a meniscus issue, but there's a lot of other things that could uh -huh. be wrong with it. So I think that you need to figure that out. Well, what is it that is creating your knee pain? And once you have an answer as to what it is, then that's how you determine how to treat it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, how old are you, Derek? Uh, I'm 50 coming up. Yeah. So any any arthritis in that knee? Um, I, I really don't know. I used to play hockey when I was younger. So, so... why are you taking the glucosamine? Because uh, it seems to be a, like I, I'm a bell. I'm a bell technician, so I'm outside constantly. Yeah, I'm constantly walking. Um, if I go off those, like I said, my knees sore all day. Yeah, but when I'm on them, um, I'm I'm manageable. Okay. Um, like I said, the ultrasound, the X-rays, they say that there's nothing there. Um, so for me, I, I I don't know. I don't have a clue unless I get a re a recheck. I guess. Yeah. So you know, the biggest thing here is. X-rays, ultrasounds are great if there's been a physical exam done. Has, has someone examined your knee physically properly? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like which, which, which I think my doctor has. So okay, yeah. So I mean, then it might just simply be a functional issue, which is good because that's very treatable. But um, you shouldn't just be relying on what an X-ray or an ultrasound says. It really d comes down to what's a physical exam showing. Yeah, like when I first initially went to him, that's why I told him, like, it feels like there's pain underneath the kneecap is what it feels like. Yeah. And that's why he did all the uh, ultrasounds and stuff. But Yeah, and that's an important that thing. There. But did he grab your knee, move it around, do different orthopedic testing? Uh, no, he didn't do that well, on the last test. Yeah, so that that's what needs to be done. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, I was just wondering if the like, so the glucosamine is not something that's going to harm you. It's just it's nope. going to help you if, if possible. Yeah, it right? may it may not even help you, but it's definitely it probably won't harm you either. What about the turmeric? Because I was told by a lot of elderly people that the yeah, turmeric is same thing. Good. The natural substances are better for a prevention issue than they are a treatment issue. Appreciate that, Derek. Uh, continue on. Uh, 1-855-55-DR-LOU, if you so wish. Uh, we'll get to your calls. Last few minutes of the show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Right back with more Dr. Payne Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.53, a few minutes to go here on the Dr. Payne Show. By the way, you want to carry on after the show is uh, is not on. For instance, 1-855-55-DR-LOU, D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com. Dave, thanks for hanging in. Fella, how are you? I'm not bad. I'm just uh, calling to get some advice and some direction here. I, I've been dealing with, uh, I had a really bad case of shingles yeah. in my, my forehead and my left eye. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been two years. Uh, this November 1st will be two years. Yeah. And um, it's just the now I'm dealing with the post-herpetic neuralgia, the, yeah. the nerve pain around the the eye and the forehead. Yeah, I've been on one. Lyrica. I've been on uh, Gabapentin. I've tried uh, um, acupuncture. Yeah, uh, it, nothing's worked. It's uh, 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 CBD oils. 
Yep. I've tried nothing has worked, and the only thing I didn't know if there's anything else that you suggest that uh, might help. The only other thing, I mean, no, not not if it was somewhere else in the body, but when you're dealing with the brainstem, like uh, if if it was something like around the torso, and you could go in and like those procedures, like ablation of the nerve. Uh, yeah. But when you're dealing with the face, you're dealing with the brainstem, and and you can't really access that. So unfortunately, uh, post herpetic neuralgia is a very very tough thing. Um, to treat and it's really more about you consistently doing those things that you are doing consistently like it it may never fully resolve but maybe in doing all of those things there might be some management uh but yeah it's it's a it's a very very tough thing to treat it's it's brutal especially in the evenings when you're tired and yeah for sure uh, the body slows down a little bit it's really hard i just know didn't know if there's anything you suggest other than what i've been doing already no i think you've already done a lot of the right things it's more just about continuing to do them unfortunately um there's no good answer um, for okay. that, unfortunately. All right. Well, thank you. No problem. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. Moving on to uh, to Greg. Hey, Greg, how are you? Uh, not too bad. My question is, is there any scientific evidence that PRP is effective for knee arthritis? Yes, absolutely there is. There was a show where we had uh, Dr. Rob Gordon and Dr. Manoj Bergava, um, who are two orthopedic surgeons, specifically knee stuff, um, and they went through a lot of the literature around PRP for uh, specifically uh, knee osteoarthritis. So uh, with mild to moderate knee osteoarthritis, there's about a 75% success rate uh, with PRP injections. And that's the the best scientific evidence for PRP is with the knee osteoarthritis. Um, how about the synovial fluid injections? Not as good um, from a research perspective. And PRP, how long does it last? The research would would suggest that the effects uh, can start as early as three months all the way up until 12 months. And then in terms of there's not very many studies that have followed patients much longer than that. Um, So that's hard to say. But clinically, uh, what we've seen is some people can get up to two years uh, with uh, some elimination of of the inflammation and, and relief from their pain. Does it stimulate any stem cells at all? No. It's just simply designed to... Uh, break down the inflammation that's in the knee. It does nothing in terms of uh, changing or regenerating or anything like that. It's just simply uh, a lot of the pain around mild to moderate osteoarthritis is as a result of the inflammation that happens within the joints. Uh, the platelets uh, will naturally break down that inflammation, and that is the goal of the PRP treatment. And the cost of that is? That depends on where you go get it. So, But I've seen it range you know, all the way from five or 600 bucks uh, to over, you know, eleven or twelve hundred bucks. It, it just depends on who's doing it, what protocol they're using, um, and that. Our team, I believe, the fee is around seven fifty, and we do it based on the research, which was one injection of, can't remember exactly off the top of my head the exact measurement, but it's we're we're more on the minimally, uh, the more minimalistic side of it. We're not we're not overdoing it. I see. Yeah. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate the call. Once the uh, you know, say one to two years um, usefulness, I'll say of the PRP. Can they? Can it be repeated? Yeah, absolutely. Do it again and yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's and and if it is working, you should probably do it every year. Um, and that's why I say the cost depends because some some places out there are making people come back every three months. Or again, we're basing it on the the research, the review of the literature that we have, and we're going to do one injection once a year. Um, 
uh, for mild to moderate knee osteoarthritis. I have a lot of people that come in, they have severe knee osteoarthritis, they want to do the PRP because they hear our commercials Mm -hmm. or they've heard the show and it's like not going to help you. Yeah. Don't waste your money. So we don't we don't do it to everybody. That's for sure. As far as a procedure is concerned, is it a time consuming to do and painful nope. or no? No. Really? I mean, there's an injection that's going into the knee, but again, nope. these are knee surgeons doing it. It's uh, you know, it's not like it doesn't feel like anything, but of it's course. not. You're not gonna not be able to walk type of thing. It's not a root canal. No, it's no, not a root canal like that. No. We're, uh, we're pretty much done for another broadcast day here in the Dr. Payne Show. You'll want to follow up, get some advice, uh, consultation. At least go visit and take the first steps. one 55 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and always info at paincarecanada.com. Till next time, it'll be next weekend right here, Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.